0: Soul, in closer, I want to welcome you to Living Life. Today, we're going to be looking at God having a, a people for himself, because we have Paul writing to Titus who is pastoring this church on the island of Crete. And there's this general interest that Paul has that there would be good, right behavior and teaching. And when I think about that, I think when I was, my wife and I were teaching our kids when they were young about the faith, and we would ask a question like, what is the chief end of man? And they learn to respond by saying, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But my daughter, being a little progressive, she would like to answer it. The chief end of woman is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we would bless her and say, of course. And that's what Paul would say to Titus as well, because you're going to be teaching old men and young men, old women and younger women, and they together should have this right behavior and teaching. And so let's keep that in mind as we have our Bibles open and our ears ready to hear now the scriptures read for us.
1: Titus chapter 2 verses 9 through 15 Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own eager to do what is good. These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you.
0: I love the way that Paul writes to Titus and he's got all of these things that he really wants this pastor to know. And he, in the text today in verse 11, I find it interesting that he just really wants to bring home the point about grace and about salvation. He says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Oh, this invitation to come into a life with God and to participate as a people of God. But this all comes by grace. If we are gonna be saved, it's not because of what we do, but it's because of what Christ has done. And we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And when grace is mentioned, we should really think of that as how God is acting in our lives to bring about what we don't deserve and cannot accomplish on our own. And when his grace appears and when we receive that gift, we have salvation. And Paul and all of the writers of Scripture want us to know that we're not just saved from you know, sin and all of that, but we're saved for his glory. And so, yes, God wants us to give him not just our death. You know, we want to be saved from our sins, and we would have then everlasting life, but he wants us to give him our life. And I just want to encourage you to really think along those lines that as we live out our faith, we are living to the glory of God, and we have hope in this world, not just in the afterlife. And Paul brings this out in verse 12 of Titus chapter two. And he says that we have this blessed hope and that hope is the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Oh yes, we, we as we live now have this hope that Christ will return. I love how it's described as our blessed hope. And with that, we know that we, it's sure, it is something that is going to happen. Christians, we don't just, you know, wish that it would come about. We know that he shall return. But of course, it's unknown as to the day that he will come. And so don't really listen to those people that say they know exactly when Christ shall return. It's unknown, but we know that he's returning, and we could say that it is soon. It's near. It's certainly nearer than ever before. And so we can have this this expectation that Christ will return and it will be evident. It's not like Jesus will return and some people will just wonder, you know, did, was that our second coming of the Savior? Everybody will know. And we're told that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we as believers in this life, we have this blessed hope. And so with this hope comes comfort. And there's a lot of people right now that you might know who, you know, face to face, who could, who needs this comfort and assurance that God is guiding history to a final goal that he has revealed to us in His Holy Scripture. And so we can bring hope. And then, as Christians, we also want to be obedient, right? We want to live out our faith because we don't want to be found doing things outside of God's will when Christ returns. We want to be doing His will completely and cheerfully and without hesitation when he returns. And then also, we want to be prepared. We really want to be ready for whatever might come our way between now and when he returns, that we would be ready for the trials and troubles and temptations that come our way. And then of course, we want to live with expectancy. We long for Christ to return. We look forward to this. This is something that the people of God are longing for. So I just want to encourage you today with the things that you are going to be doing, going about, the things maybe that are concerning you. You can turn your attention to the grace that we have through Jesus Christ the salvation, that we're saved from our sins and for his glory. And we can have this blessed hope now that Christ shall return. Let's live with that hope to God's glory and our joy. Well, as we close today, I want to just draw your attention to verse 14, where the idea of redemption is mentioned, that we would be redeemed, and then also that we would be eager to do what is good. You know, our Lord wants us to just come more and more under his authority, and that we would be the kinds of people who will just routinely and naturally do the things that Jesus would do if he were in our shoes. And so as the people of God, we want to turn our attention to him and to expand our vision of who he is and what he calls us to be and to do as his people. Let me pray for us at this time. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful that as we live our life now, that we are not left alone. That, Father, you are there with us, guiding us and directing us. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your peace, and how it comes to us in truth and love. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that we have and for the fact that we can be in a relationship with you. And we know that it has come because of our Savior and Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. For a single soul,